but if you have insomnia, then you should especially read it because you will be cured very quickly. It's boring, but it's important. I'm going to teach you everything I learned at Harvard Business School in one minute with one slide. It's this slide here. There's three business models you can have. You need to decide which model you're operating. So if you don't know which model you're operating, you don't know how to behave. The first model is lowest price. Who has the lowest price always? These aren't trick questions. You can just yell it out. I'm going to start over because I'm going to make him turn the Van Halen back on. The shittiest company. The shittiest company. Could be. Walmart. They're all right. Amazon.com. They're not making a price concession. They have the lowest price because it's a business model. It's a choice. It's how they intend to beat you by having the lowest price every time. That's a model choice. The second choice is best product. This iPhone X is the best product on earth, period. Where's the Samsung people? Let me see you. I'm allowed to take my phone on an airplane, so it's better than your phones. <laughs> you do want to take your phone with you from city to city, just so you, you know. I know they fixed that, but I still like it. The, the, when they went to Steve Jobs, he had only ever created one thing that worked. It was the iPod. That was his commercial success. And he showed up with the iPhone, and the analyst came to him and said, you're now going to destroy the only thing that you've ever built where you've captured market share. And he said, if we don't cannibalize our success, somebody else will. And that's why we have this raise. Everything gets better all the time. Neither one of these are your model. They're not your model. Your model is called customer intimacy. And customer intimacy means that you know the client. It means that you understand their needs. It means that you know how to develop solutions that exactly match that person's income. So congratulations to all of you in the room. You've chosen the hardest business model you could choose. Because you have to be supremely good at customer communication and supremely good at differentiating yourself in the market. The other stuff's easy. When I'm way over here on this side, the lowest price, I'm taking any objection you have about price out of this. So the people that want that, there's no friction for them. They just buy. When you have the best product, the product's doing all the heavy lifting. You don't have to be great because the product's great. And if uh, you showed up at work and there wasn't a line of people like there is at the Apple store waiting to get in, this probably isn't your model. Your model's over here where you actually have to go out and get them and convince them that these other two choices aren't right and to come over with you because you are going to be the differentiator. Does that make sense if it does say yes? Yes. yes. Good, we're getting better. Oh, I do have these slides. There you go. You'll want those later. I'll make sure Ryan has them for you. Selling is about three things. It's about mindset. It's about skill set and it's about toolkit. And I used to say it was mindset plus skill set plus toolkit, but what it really is, it's toolkit and skill set times mindset. That's the multiplier for you. It's how you think and what you believe. I'm going to talk about what I call level four value creation. So this is about how to create relationships of value. This is one of the favorite things that ever happened to me in life. And I, I love Matt uh, and Brent from CEV, the friends of mine. Brent and Nick Toman from CEB literally wrote the foreword for the book that we gave you, The Lost Art of Closing, because they're so supremely confident in the content in that book being the right recipe right now. But when they put out a book called The Challenger Sale, which is essentially the Harry Potter of sales books. Sales books don't sell very many copies. That thing sold like 600,000 copies. It's amazing. And basically what the book said is that you have to lead with insight. You have to know things. But to get attention, they wrote this hyperbolic blog post called Selling is not about relationships. And this moves when I move, so I'll have to point this way. See the part where it says comments, 275 there in the bottom corner? 
Uh, Harvard Business Review took the comments down off of all their posts at one point in time. But I read most of them, and 273 of them said some variation of this. Oh, so you guys have never sold anything before. Because selling's not about relationships. What do you think creates the preference? And in that case, I think they're mistaken. And when I press them about this, they say the challenge, the ability to show up with an insight and teach is number one, but relationships is right under it. And I push back and say, if I have to go and say to you, sir, your baby is ugly. And I'm happy to put a bow on this baby, but you're still gonna be sitting here with an ugly baby with a bow on its head. We should do something different. I hope I had a relationship for that. It'd be better to have a relationship to say something like that. When you have to give people difficult news, you want the relationship. When you want to teach people, you need them to be open, which means you have to have a relationship. So for me, all things being equal, relationships win. All things being unequal, relationships still win. But your job as an owner or as a salesperson, as somebody who's here serving other people, your job is to differentiate yourself by creating more value than anyone else. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to create a preference to work with you instead of anybody else. That's the goal of sales. That's what we're doing. So I call this level four value creation. I'm gonna to explain to you the four levels of value. The first level, level one, this is the value in the product itself. So everybody knows what this value is. It's the features, it's the benefits, it's the advantages, it's all the things when you get into sales that people teach you is important and it's no longer important. What it really is right now is a recipe for commoditization, number one, and it's a recipe to have your business taken from you because you're not creating enough value. Who has a good product here? You have a good product? Say it out loud, go ahead. Yes. I'm still gonna shame you either way. That sucks for you. Because you wanna rely on the product. It's not the product. It can't be the product because all of you have products that do exactly the same thing. They're not very different. So what, what does this mean? When I look at this and it's the same as this, what do I look at to decide which one I buy? Price. So you forced me to make a decision on price because you didn't differentiate enough. Level one value is important, but it's not enough by itself. Level two, this is what I would call experience. So it's service and support. My favorite example personally in my life is Starbucks. If I change my order going through the drive-thru, it throws the whole place in chaos. Uh, they're like, why did you order that? We weren't prepared. They're trying, they know me, they know my first name. My first name is Sam, my middle name is Anthony, but somehow they know my name is Sam. They know all, all, every decision that I make, they're prepared when I get there because they have regulars. True story, I was in London, England, speaking to a client. I walked across the street to the coffee shop, day one. They don't brew coffee there, so I had to get a cafe Americano. Not my preference, but that's what they have. So I got a large cafe Americano. Second day, cafe Americano. Third day I walk in, the guy standing behind the counter goes, Venti Cafe Americano. And I'm like, damn, that was good. I'm like, I've only been here, this is my third time. He said, I have 54 regulars, it takes me two days to figure out what they order. They're trying to give you a better experience because it's better than the product alone. And if they're gonna charge you $5 for a coffee, somebody better make it different, right? And so they know this. They're trying to differentiate on experience. That's what their game is. So if you have good support and good service, sometimes I ask this to sales organizations and they go like this, don't ask us that question. Please don't talk about that. Uh, if you have good service and support, it's important. It's additive to level one. Now we get to level three. Most of us play at level three. If you sell commercial lines, you probably play at level three. So this means I can get you a tangible result. I can give you ROI. I can show you how I'm going to protect your business. 
You can do those things. The challenge now is that everybody can do this. So now we're commoditized at level three. That's where we are. Everybody can play level three. People who are playing lower, we tend to beat them easily because they're counting on the product. They're not trying to differentiate enough. Experience is good differentiation, but for most of us, it's table stakes. I expect you to be able to take good care of me. Level three is where we get commoditized. Everybody can still do a pretty good job. This means we have to get to level four. Level four means I'm strategic. Level four means I'm a peer. Level four means I'm your trusted advisor. Level four means I'm helping guide you and your business and your decisions around what you need to do. I'm the one guiding you to the future. I have the roadmap. That's a very, very different place to play. And I want to show you two choices here. This is level one, what I would call entering from the left. When you come in at level one, and people ask this all the time, can I get from level to one to level four? Not very easily. Because you came in and you said, look, I'm a commodity, treat me like a commodity. And so now people think you're a commodity because you did that. When you come in at that side, you establish yourself. And how do you do that? You do something that sounds like this. Hey, it's Anthony Anarino. I'm with XYZ Insurance. And I'd like to stop by and introduce myself and my company to you and uh, see if I could do an assessment on making sure your insurance needs to cover. And then as the client, I say something like, I'm really busy washing my hair today, but there might be another. I'm going to find any way to get out of that. So you're going to talk about you. Well, that should be interesting. <laughs> Not really. Then you're going to tell me about your company. That should be great, right? Because I really am super interested in insurance companies just generally. And then you're going to ask me the question, what's keeping me up at night, right? And then I'm going to have to let you go at that point in time. This is entering from the wrong side of the conversation. So you enter from the right. You come in from four. Do you want me to tell you what four sounds like? Yes. yes. you got to say it better than yes. that. I'll withhold until I get what I want. This is the kind of person I am. I'm going to say, listen, it's Anthony Anarino with XYZ Insurance. I've been looking at businesses in your category and your vertical, and I have four trends that I think are worth your time and attention. Two of these trends probably mean that you're over-investing in insurance for your business right now, and two of them probably mean you're under-investing. What we tend to do is help people understand what these trends are and how to think about them so that you can have the insurance you need that covers you for anything that we might expect, but not more than you need. What do you look like for a 20-minute meet and greet on Thursday where I can share with you these four trends? And listen, even if we never do business together, you're going to make different decisions around your business. You like it? Yeah. Thank you. I'm a professional, ladies and gentlemen. Don't try that at home. Uh, do try that at home. I'm, I'm showing up as a four. I'm not showing up as a one. I'm going to teach you how to think better about your business. I'm an asset. I'm a resource for you. I'm a trusted advisor. I'm good counsel. I'm a peer. I'm not a commodity. I can't be a commodity because if I am, you're going to treat me like I'm a commodity, and I don't want that to happen to either one of us. Because when you treat somebody like a commodity, they underinvest in the results that they need. Do most of your clients underinvest? Do they try to peel back everything they can peel back, not to pay for things? Yeah. And they're putting themselves at greater risk. And no one wants insurance until they have a claim, and then they're really happy they have insurance, right? That's how this works. You have to help them pay. You have to help them invest more. That's a level four move. So here's the way that I frame things up. If you want to understand this, I'm going to show you. You have a relationship component that matters, and you have an economic or strategic component that matters. And so to be a good consultant, you have to have a two-by-two grid like this. 
to be able to get into the guild or they won't even let you speak on a stage like this if you can't prove you know how to do one of these. <laughs> low relationship value, low economic value, you're a vendor. I don't need a vendor. You're not interesting. You're a commodity, so I'm going to have you fill out an RFP, send it back, that's what we'll do. Over here on this side, maybe you're level two and you can be a supplier. Still not a great compliment when somebody says, this is our supplier. You're like, oh, they call me supplier. <laughs> you don't want that. Up here, you might be a preferred vendor, which sounds a little bit nicer, or a preferred supplier. Those titles suck. That is not what you want to be called. When somebody says, this is our strategic partner as it pertains to this category, then you're in the right spot. You want to be the trusted advisor. You want to be the person that guides their thinking. So you have to step into that role at the very beginning of the conversation. You cannot wait to try to step into that role. It starts at the very beginning. And here's how you need to think about your business today. And Ryan's done a good job giving you a conference that gives you this. Mindshare is equal to wallet share now. So you've, you've watched Ryan capture Mindshare. You've watched him with content capture Mindshare. You're here in part because of that work. You had, um, some of you had Marcus Sheridan, right? Yeah. yeah, so you've seen him. He is teaching people how to capture Mindshare. Because if I own the lens that you look at the world through, then you're going to make the right decisions because I've got that lens. Your role right now is to go and swap out the lens that people are looking at their business through with a different lens, a better lens, a lens that helps them get exactly what they want in a better way than they're getting it right now. My third book's coming out in October. It's called Eat Their Lunch. I didn't name it because you don't get to name your book. A Greek guy that's on the editorial group named it. But it's about how we swap that lens out. How do we swap this lens out so that we can give somebody a different view and open up an opportunity for us to take the business. I'm gonna give you seven factors. Uh, I'll make sure Ryan has the slides or you can email me, I'll give you that at the end of this. I just wanna tell you what makes up level four value so you can take a few notes on this. The first thing is you have to start with value. You just heard me do that. I'm gonna start by sharing insights about how I can do something better for you and how you should think of the business. When you're teaching somebody how to think about their business in a better way, you're creating value for them. That's what they're doing. If they knew what you knew, they'd make better decisions. Fortunately, they need you. So this is the starting point. The second thing is you have to care. You literally have to care about other people. So the thing that most of us do when we're in sales is we're self-oriented. I want my deal. I want you to say yes to this thing because I want a commission check. I want to grow my business. I, I, I. So a good friend of mine, his name is Charlie Green. He's the world's foremost authority on trust. And he will tell you that trust is made up of reliability times credibility times intimacy divided by how much of a selfish bastard you are. That, that's the equation, self-orientation. Of all of those, he will tell you the number one driver is intimacy. That one over-indexes on every single chart. So the most trusted person that you have in your life where you have an immediate trust is a nurse, not a doctor. And the lowest is... Politicians, right? Followed by lawyers, followed by salespeople. Why, I don't know. We don't behave badly anymore, but we're still at the bottom of the list when it comes to trust. And it's because people think we're doing something to them for our benefit and not for their benefit. If you really want to do good work, you have to make sure that every conversation is about the client. You never talk about yourself. And if you ever said these words, I'll show you how to be self-oriented. The words sound like this. We just really want a win-win deal. Because your customer woke up that day and said, man, I really want to help them get a win. I hope they get a win too. They don't care about your win. They care about their win. So you have to say, listen, I don't want to see you underinvest in the result that you need here. 
So I want to go back and explain to you why this coverage is necessary and how you really need to think about this right now. The money's not about me, it's about them. They're the one taking money out of their solution. They're not taking my money, they're taking their own money out of their own solution. You follow me there? Yeah, we can't let them do that because they hurt themselves. Number three, you have to be proactive. If I say jump, what do you say? Like that? <laughs> Holy shit, we're gonna have to start all over. When I say jump, what do you say? <laughs> that was good, somebody over here is really zealous. Why are you not already jumping? If, if you know that something needs done, why does somebody have to say anything for you? If you want to be a good human being, you want to be an exceptional salesperson and a great business leader, get off your back foot. Don't wait for people to come to you and say, I have this problem or challenge I hope I can ask you to help me with. All you're doing there is waiting. You're in passive reactive mode. Selling is about two things primarily. It's about opportunity creation and opportunity capture. That's really what we're doing. Everything else is commentary. You tell me about any other subject, it's commentary on one of those two activities. But if you already have a client, and you do, then you're obligated to be proactive. Don't be like my agent. My agent sucks. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, because I would say something even more harsh. But I, he, hasn't, he never calls. He never evaluates my stuff. I mean, he never, he never, you ask people to have a meeting to review things, I never hear from this guy. I never, I know I'm going to have 62 business cards on the way out the door today. I'm going to go home and tell my wife we have options. <laughs> I bother them, I know people. But he's not proactive at all. He just isn't. And, and it means that my, our relationship, I'm not important to him, I'm a transaction. I'm simply a transaction to him. As long as the check comes in, he has a customer and he doesn't care. I'm not saying that some of you are guilty of that, but... If you are, just put your head down like this in shame for just a minute. No one will look. If you're guilty of this, you have to change it. No one can change. The results that you want are right on the other side of the change that you make. That's where all your results are. You want a new result? You change. Nothing externally is going to change. You don't like the president? Not changing. You don't like the Congress? You don't like competitors with irrational pricing? You can't do anything about any of that. The only thing you can do is decide to get on your front foot and be proactive. Uh, number four, you have to be accountable for what you sell. If you sell an outcome, you have to ensure that out that outcome is delivered. The people that do the very best in sales and over-index, over-index right here, they're accountable and they say, I will take care of this for you. Now, my other insurance on the business side, they're like that. They take care of things for me. They're on top of it. And they're proactive. This is about the relationship. So if you want to know how do I have a good relationship, lead with value, care deeply about the other person that you're talking to or the group that you're talking to, be proactive and then be accountable for what you sell. This recipe will get you far right now.